Well, hey, every February, we take a couple of weeks and we talk about our church. And uh, we talk about why we exist, what we want to hope to accomplish. We, uh, we evaluate how we're doing. And we always call this the I Love My Church series. We've done all kinds of things. We've had t-shirts with it. We've had, you know, mannequins up here with things on them. We've had bumper stickers, everything you can imagine, buttons. All that to try to every year take time and kind of go back over. It's so important, we feel, to kind of in the beginning of the year, to do some evaluation, do some dreaming, and try to figure out who we are as a church. And, and each year, we talk about a symbol that we use that reminds us of, of we hope, what we're trying to accomplish. And it's an evaluation tool on, to, to look at and say, how are we doing in some specific areas that God has really said, these are the things a church ought to do. So who remembers what our symbol is called? Port View Pete, exactly, Port View Pete. This year, Pete looks a little different. And so let's look at Pete this year. The one on the side, that's normal Port View Pete. Um, but Port View Pete this year, he looks a little different. We're calling him COVID Pete. And so, you know, Pete looks a little different this, this year. And in the coming weeks, we're going to use Pete, not COVID Pete, but Pete, to help us do some dreaming and evaluating. And if you don't know who this is, we're going to explain this, who Pete is, because Pete is just a symbol of, of the mission of our church and what we're trying to accomplish. And you'll understand that as we, as we go. So in the coming weeks, we'll use Pete to help us do some dreaming and some evaluating. Um, but for today, I simply want to talk about um, our church in regards to the changes that, that are happening because Pete has a mask on now. Because he's now COVID Pete. You see, like it or not, COVID... Had no, no matter what end of the spectrum you're on, and I'm glad that there's people on every end of the spectrum, and we're all living together in unity at Portview, that this stuff has not caused division in our church. I sat with a pastor this week whose church board is literally still at odds with this, and they're fighting, and they're, he's literally, his goal is he's trying to keep the church from exploding over this, over masks and, and COVID. But like it or not, so fortunately, we as a church have been for almost, almost 100%, unified and united. Not that we all agree, and that's all right. In the church world, we don't have to agree on everything, but we, we are in unity. Love triumphs over challenges. And so we've proven that. Our love for one another, our love for Jesus has triumphed over challenges, even though we see things a little bit different. But COVID, like it or not, has brought a lot of changes to our world. And those changes, like it or not, have affected the church world. Um, and it's affected the church world in some places a lot more significantly than it's affected the church world here for us at Portview. But it's brought a lot of changes. Our superintendent, the superintendent of our district um, that we're part of, the Assemblies of God, our superintendent's name is John Davis, and I was at a meeting recently, and John Davis told us that in America, because of COVID, in, up to last year, in, to, through 2021, one in five churches in America have permanently closed their doors. Can you imagine that? So count, if you think of churches, count one, two, three, four, number five closed. One, two, three, four, number five closed. Across America, one in five churches have closed their doors. Because of COVID in America tied to the church, church attendance is down almost everywhere in the United States. Matter of fact, I can't find anywhere that it's not down there may be some exceptions because one in five closed and some of those people gravitated over to somewhere else and they go, whoo, we're growing. 
But they grew because the church down the street literally shut its doors down. So church attendance is down everywhere. At Portview, um, our, we've been averaging post-COVID, post the, the, before the first shutdown, which is almost two years ago now, we're averaging about 50 to 70% of our pre-COVID attendance. If you look around, we have, we have about 100 less chairs in our sanctuary than we did pre-COVID. We have about 250 chairs in there. We just added some more because of a wedding recently. We were down to 220. We, we have, we usually seat 340. So our rows are further apart because of COVID stuff. So we were at the spot pre-COVID where we're saying, okay, we keep adding chairs because we're really full. So we're running about 50 to 70% of attendance. So what determines that the attendance number has been the level of COVID in the area. And so last Jan- just January, like last month, COVID was crazy. Like, I swear 40% of us had COVID. I had COVID for the second time. A bunch of you did. And we were running, so January of this year, we ran 50% attendance that we did before pre-COVID. Most of the time, last year, we averaged about 75% of pre-COVID numbers. So for the year of 2021, we ran about 75% of our pre-COVID numbers. Most churches in the nation are running about 50%, 40, 50, 60% of pre-COVID numbers. And so it's affected our churches. But the interesting thing is, in 2020 and 2021, the two years of COVID, our giving went up. Our giving went up. Last year we gave the most we've given in since, I mean, since a building program that predated me where a whole bunch of money was raised for that building over there. That's the only time giving was higher was in a huge building program year, so that's not even general fund giving. Our giving has gone up, which shows us, and we know just from interacting with people, there's been almost no loss of people to Portview Church. There's been a few people that, due to COVID, they were, their, their, their response to it, they chose to say, I don't want to be part of any church, but almost nobody from Portview's church family. So it's kind of different. We're running, depending on COVID, last January, of, or January, of course it was way down because everybody was sick, and we're saying, if you're sick, stay home. And so that reality is happening. And so people did the right thing. But now we're right now, I was telling somebody this morning, I said, I don't think we have any cases of COVID right now. And so that what happens is it starts coming back up. And so that's the reality where we are. But our giving is up and we know no people have lost. So we haven't lost people. Matter of fact, during COVID, we've gained people. We've gained a number of new families during COVID. A number of new families. We had some families who actually attended online with us for a whole year and then, and we met with them privately, just Suzanne and I, and then once they felt comfortable, started joining in our churches. And they were, they were, part, of, they were part of Night to Shine last night. A number of, of new families have come into the, into the church during COVID. What also has changed during COVID is, uh, so which that, that reflects a change in attendance patterns. It's how people view church and their attendance has changed. Um, online viewing, this great idea. Hi, you know, people who are watching online, glad you're here with us. What we found about online is everybody thought, this is the new frontier. And from day one, I said, this is not the new frontier. And what's happened, every survey said, some people who are ill are at home. So we probably have some people watching today, Portview family, we're glad you're with us. Um, I'm looking at the camera, by the way. Um, We're glad you're with us. Um, But because of health issues, they can't be here. And so we're glad to offer that. But every survey of viewing says that almost nobody's watching online anymore. And that younger people... Like, none of them are watching online anymore. He who watches online, fogies like me, like us, John. You're in a fogey clan, okay? You, is that, are you glad to be in that club with me? We, we watch online, but younger people are not watching online at all. That's what surveys say. Now, we may have some exceptions at Portview, 
but no one hardly is watching online. What's also changed during COVID is a lot of ministries stopped, meaning like in our church, we, we disbanded our Wednesday night attendance for almost a whole year. And now we're in the process of trying to ramp those things back up, and we've made some changes. So we launched Rangers and Girls Club. You know, we're back to trying to get on Wednesday night attendance for adults. We're trying to get youth ministry back up and running. It's taken a long time. So what we had was here, went down to here. Now we're in the building, the building process, and we're like a lot of places trying to figure out now what do we start, what don't we start. So COVID is, has changed a lot. Just crazy changes like we just started taking offering, passing the basket again after two years. We just started giving you a, a bulletin or a, a calendar when you come in that you can hold because we weren't supposed to do that. You know, those the simple changes, they've all affected the church. So COVID has brought a bunch of, about, brought about a bunch of changes. Um, so for the series, I Love My Church, I want to start this year in a way that I never have before. I want to start today just by answering one question in the midst of all the changes. And this is the one question we want to answer today. Do we really need the church anymore? Do we really need it? I'm glad you say that. <laughs> You're going to like my sermon. Do we, really like, do we really need the church anymore? And when I say church, I want, to be under, I want you to understand here. When I say church, I mean the gathering together of Christ followers in various places over the entire planet. So we are a local church. That's the way I'm using the term today. That we are the gathering together. Now, we're gathering in some different ways. Some of you are gathering online. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But the gathering together, and I'm talking about the gathering together in person. Do we need that anymore? Do you understand that now? Literally, churches have been launched in the last couple of months in the metaverse. You understand that? There's literally churches being held now where you wear goggles and everybody wears goggles and you have an alternate personality and you meet in an alternate universe. And that's honestly going on. And there's what we're saying. Is that the future of the church? You know? Um, is the church a thing of the past that's simply slowly dying and, met, and COVID has helped us recognize it's dying anyways? Because look, 50 to 70% are only attending now that compared to a while back. Should myself and, and Suzanne and Pastor Paul and, and, and Pastor Mitch and, and Christine, should we just all dust off our resumes and start looking for different jobs? You know, should we? Let's ask those questions. Should we sell Portview's property and turn this thing into a housing complex or a store? Do we really need the church anymore? And my answer is yes, more than ever. And also, that's, my, that's what I believe, and I explain why from Scripture. I believe the answer, and you seem to understand it also, yes, absolutely, now more than ever. You see, in our ever-increasingly post-Christian world, where, where Christianity isn't the, isn't the norm anymore. Matter of fact, the post-Christian world deconstructs the Christian world that says, I'm going to not only just ignore it, I'm going to try to bring it down, destroy it. That's the world we live in. That's called post-Christian society. In our increasingly secular society, Christians, I believe, need to gather together now more than ever for a whole bunch of reasons. So today I want to talk about some of the reasons we must gather together. And I want to talk about this, what we can't accomplish and can what we can't accomplish in isolation from our living room or even watching TV and watching this sermon on TV. And if you're watching online, I understand this. Some of you are watching today because of your health reasons, and I'm glad 
I'm glad you have that option. I'm glad we have that option. But I'm going to contend today that that, that is an option for situations where gathering together isn't possible, but that the gathering together is the mission, is the priority that I believe God intends for his people, that we physically gather together. And I'm glad they can, people enjoy, they can join us today online. I'm glad you're with us, and I'm hoping you feel part of the family, and we want to still visit and do those things and, and connect. But here's the deal. I'm talking about the need for flesh and blood gathering together. So what are some of the things that, that can't be done in isolation, that can only be accomplished in flesh and blood community? And I'm going I'm to give you about five of them today, and I'm going to try to go through them kind of quick, but five of them today. All right? The first thing is this. Hugs. <laughs> Hugs and handshakes. Human beings are created for relationship. When God created Adam, what did he say when he didn't have Eve? It is not good for what? For man to be alone. Humans are created for flesh and blood relationships. One of the things that we have witnessed during COVID is that these things, anxiety, depression, suicide, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, have skyrocketed. You cannot get to see a, health, a mental health professional right now during COVID. Literally, you, it's six months out to see one today. Because during COVID, um, all these things have skyrocketed. Why? Partly because people have been forced into isolation. And God said, the very beginning, it is not good for man, for humankind to be alone. Do you know what happens when you don't get enough hugs, physical touch? This is from the science community. Hugging activities, this is reading from, from an article from a science um, journal, I guess. Hugging activities um, act, activates the same reward centers in our brains as eating does. So if you're not getting physical affection, you may feel like you're starving for touch. Not receiving enough physical affection is correlated with these things. With loneliness, with depression, with stress, one I'm going to try to pronounce, Alexthemia, which means trouble feeling emotions, attachment issues, personality disorders, physical pain, and poor sleep quality. All of you lack physical touch. Friends, the church is a community. It's a community. It's a gathering together of people. It's not a building. It's not a bunch of programs. The church is not Pastor Mark preaching a sermon. The church is the gathering of Christ's followers. It is a gathering. And we need to gather together to encourage one another and to be encouraged. Science says we need hugs. Well, who created mankind? God. Science is just figuring out what God created, saying we need hugs and handshakes and smiles. We need these as human beings. And one of the reasons God created the church the way he did was so that we would gather together to get our need for relationship met in a healthy, life-giving way. In a healthy way. We can do that in a healthy way as a church. So we need the church. Why? For hugs. But why else do we need the church? We need the church so we can grow and mature. Now, when I say this, when I say we need for it to grow and mature, in our Western way of thinking, you probably automatically think about growing and maturing from the perspective of gaining knowledge. 
Okay, go to church to learn more. You say, hey, but I can just do that online. Well, gaining knowledge from a sermon or a class is one thing, and that is part of growing and maturing. It's surely part of it. But here's the deal. It's only a a part, and I'd say this, it's only a small part. Most of us are educated way beyond our obedience. We know way more than we do. So to learn more before we do what we already know, we don't really need to know more stuff. So gaining knowledge is part of it, but only part. Another important part of maturing and growing involves this. And you might not like what I'm going to say right here, but it's the truth proven by science also. That it involves the friction of long-term relationships. That growing, maturing, for you to become from the person God has you here to the person God wants you to become involves the friction of long-term relationships. Now listen to me. Many people never grow beyond, beyond their spiritual, emotional infancy stage because they either hide from, you can be surrounded by people and still hide, hide from or flee from the relationships that force you to grow and to mature. So think about what's involved in a long-term relationship with another person. There are ups and there are downs. There are good, there are bads, there's offense, there's joy, there's happiness or sadness. It's as we stay committed to one another through the ups and the downs that makes that, that, make the nece- that causes us to make the necessary personal adjustments to maintain the relationship. Those adjustments, those changes, are the things that we need that lead us to growing personally. Think about it like this. Think about Jesus and Peter. I think about Peter a lot because I think personality-wise, me and Peter are probably a lot the same. Kind of, that's, that's the way it is, you know. Peter's always like, yeah, let's do that. And then he fails and whatever else. But, but one day, Jesus is telling his disciples that, hey, we're going to Jerusalem. And when we go to Jerusalem, here's what's going to happen. The Gentiles are going to turn, the, the, the Jews are going to turn me over to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles are going to kill me. And remember what Peter does? Peter jumps up and basically says, over my dead body. Ain't never going to happen. Now, that's my version. You can read about the real words in in Mark chapter 8. But over my dead body, Jesus, no one's touching you. And uh, remember what Jesus said to him? Get behind me, Satan. He looks at one of his closest friends. There were 12 disciples. Out of the 12 disciples, there were three that were were intimately even closest to Jesus. He's in the three. Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking of this from God's perspective. You're thinking of this from your perspective. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus rebukes Peter. Well, Peter had a choice to make. Take his little red wagon and go home because he had hurt feelings. Oh, Jesus was mean to me. Jesus said something I didn't like. He was mean to me and and I feel hurt and I'm going to go home. Or he could grow up and change and learn from Jesus and become the leader he eventually became. Friend, it's in the friction of long-term relationships where we mature and grow, and that's what Peter did. And friends, it takes long-term relationships to earn the right to point out the things that need to be addressed for growth in each other's lives. And friends, I can think of so many people in the church world over 30 years of doing this, where they were challenged by something, they were confronted with uncomfortable truth. 
And they just took their little red wagon and went home. What they did, they went down the road to church B down the street. And then they left church B and went to church C. And they left church C and went to church D. Because somebody was trying to help them grow. And instead, they just took their wagon and went home. And here's what happens. When we do that, we miss the chance to grow and to develop. We need the friction of long-term relationships. God created the church to be a place where we, for the long haul, do life together with others who are following Jesus and sometimes drive us crazy. So that little by little, the friction of long-term relationship forms us and shapes us and molds us. It makes us learn to be patient because we want to blow up and we don't. We grow. It gives us sometimes the opportunity to say, hey, friend, let's talk about this. And they grow and we become more like Jesus through the friction of long-term relationship. That happens as we gather together. We have to be in, we have to be in flesh and blood relationship. That makes sense? Let's look at another, another reason that we need the church and that it's not a done thing and, and we can't sell this building off and turn it into an apartment complex. is because it is a place for the exercise of God-given spiritual gifts. It is a place for the exercise of spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, In chapters 12 through 14, the Apostle Paul is discussing the proper use of spiritual gifts in a church gathering. And I want us to look at chapter 12 for a minute. Chapter 12, I want to look at at verses 14 to 18 with me. He's talking about how do gifts operate in the body of Christ. He says this, for the body is not one member but many. He's talking the body of Christ, the church family. You can replace here the church family. The church family is not one. The body of Christ is not one but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desires. There's a few things to notice here about the operation of gifts. Because this is what he's saying. You're all as a person who's in the body of Christ, you all have been given spiritual gifts. That's what he says. God's uniquely crafted you and imparted to you certain things that make you do, you can do things that somebody else can't do. An ear can hear, an eye can, and an eye can see. And he's saying, we're like that. He's using a, a comparison. You can do things that some other people can't do. So what are the few things we notice here about the function of the church? First of all is this, what is the body made up of? Verse 14 says this, it's made up of many members. For the body is not one member, but many. See, it's God's plan that we see others as one part of a whole. We see ourselves and others as one part of a whole. We are not the whole, I am not the whole, the pastor is not the whole, the staff is not the whole. We are just parts of that God has created to fit together with other parts to create the whole of the body, the gathering together. And if we choose to not be part of the whole, we leave the body incomplete because those gifts that God has given to those unique parts are not part of the whole. Taking any one of you out of the body is like having the body without an eye or a foot. It leaves this body incomplete and hindered in accomplishing the purposes that God intends for this church to accomplish. Now this leads us to the next point. Who decides where a particular part of the body 
belongs. Look at verse 18. This is so hard for Americans. Who? But now God has placed the members, each of them in the body, just as He desires. You are not part of a particular church body by accident. God guides you and directs you. At least He wants to. He's trying to. So that each of us is where we belong so that we can bring completeness to the particular body that He placed us in. God directed you to uh, the correct place because He has gifted you to help that body become complete. And that brings us to the final thing about this. We notice here about the church being a place of, of, of how we exercise spiritual gifts. This is this. Every part, every person is essential. You can't say because I'm not an ear, um, uh, I'm not important. I can't say because I'm not an eye, I'm not important. God didn't gift you uniquely as an eye or an ear so that you can live in isolation. No, God has given you the gifts that he has given you so that as you function in the whole of the body, you find your greatest purpose in life. And you make the greatest difference in the world that you could ever make. God never. God doesn't say this about everything in our lives. He says this about our unique fit, about our fit in the body of Christ. Now that's also experience expressed in the world. We use those in the world. But God's saying in the body of Christ. He's given us uniqueness. So we come together, we bring wholeness. You are designed to fit together with the rest of us. We are complete. And you are blessed as you fulfill your God-given purposes. You are blessed and the body is blessed, and then the world is blessed. That can't be experienced in isolation. And in friends, I'll tell you this, that can't be experienced in isolation at the lake. Nothing wrong going to the lake. I love lakes. There's no one in here who likes lakes more than me. But it can't be experienced at the lake, and it can't be experienced on the couch. We are created to live in community with one another, in flesh and blood community. And we are blessed as a result, and others are blessed as a result, and the world is blessed as a result of us gathering together and using our unique giftedness as a whole. Let's think about another reason we need the church. Because we need to pass down the faith to our children and grandchildren. We need to pass down the faith, our, our following Jesus, to our kids and our grandkids. And we know this. The most important responsibility we have as parents and grandparents is to help our children and our grandchildren come to know Jesus as their very own Lord and Savior. This idea that says, well, let my kids make their own choice, nonsense. The devil's not doing that towards your kids and grandkids. He's doing everything he can to influence them away from Christ. We have the responsibility of doing everything we can to influence them for Christ through our examples and our encouragement, and our teachings, we get to show them that Jesus is in us and to help them understand the Christian faith. And we know this from every study and from the Word of God, that family is the most important, most effective aspect in passing down the faith to another. Family is. Yet family needs assistance. God established the church. Jesus said this, I will build my church. He said it. He's going to build his church. And one of the church's most important functions is standing alongside families to help their, help their children 
come to faith in Jesus and to be discipled in Christ-likeness. The church offers, we say it around here, a third voice that, can, that confirms what mom and dad and grandma and grandpa are teaching at home. You teach it at home and they go, you're such a dinosaur, no one believes what you believe. And you come to church and all of you believe what mom and dad and grandma and grandpa believe. And they go, oh, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa aren't so crazy after all. This third voice is essential. There are times, believe it or not, if you have young children, your kids aren't going to like you. They're not going to agree with you. They're going to think you're crazy. You're not. They just are too young to know what's right and wrong. And they're influenced by other people. And in that situation, you need some third voices to also be standing with your children and your grandkids who are, in, who are, who are affirming what you tell them. Because they go, wait, maybe mom and dad aren't so crazy, or maybe they are, but at least Pastor Mark's not so crazy. I don't think he's crazy. Or maybe someone else stands with them, and they go, wait a minute, maybe this isn't crazy after all. Families need the church. Families for the sake of our children. We need the church for the sake of our children. There's about a hundred other reasons we could talk about why we need the church. But I want to close by just mentioning one more. We need the church also. Because it is essential to the process of bringing other people to faith in Christ. See, most things are better caught than taught. They're better observed and experienced than just told about. Bringing someone who has not yet met Jesus as Savior into a church family helps them experience the reality of the family of God in a real way. If, if you brought somebody with you tonight to shine on Friday night, I guarantee you those people who are not part of Portview Church and they watched what you did and what you were doing and how you were acting, they walked away going, there's something really amazing about that group of people. And the group of people would say, you know what's amazing? Our amazing Savior, Jesus. He changed our lives. They say, hey, you should have seen me before. But this is what Jesus has done in my heart, and this is why I'm different. Some things are better caught than taught. They walk in that environment, and they go, wow, there's something here. They experience shared love. They experience kindness. They experience acceptance. They experience help. All things that reflect the reality of Jesus. People come to know Jesus best in the gathered family of God. And I'd say this, whether you're online or you're in this room today, maybe you're here today because somebody brought you or watching because somebody invited you, and you're questioning whether all this Jesus stuff is really real. Well, all these gathered people would enthusiastically tell you yes. Jesus is really real. Yes, he's really changed our lives and this is what they would say to you run to Jesus if you've not done it run to Jesus because he's that real he's the center of our lives he's changed everything for most of us we didn't know anything about Jesus for a good part of our lives but then Jesus we met him and he changed our lives and we're here to tell you it's real we're not talking about a book we're not talking about about um, some theology from 2000 years ago we're talking about People who live in 2022 are saying, yeah, really? God is real in my life and he's changed my life today and I'd never go back. And we tell you, come to Jesus.
we tell you, come to Jesus. Because that happens best in the gathered family of God. So, do we need the church today? Yes, more than ever. And I'm glad we're part of a great church. And God's got great things over the next couple of weeks. We're going to look at the heart. Mitch, you told me slow, but I said we're talking about the heart of Port View Pete. We're going to talk about the rest of Port View Pete the week after. So it's going to be great for us to dream and to evaluate and to say, what could God do? That God's given us a golden opportunity right now as the church. I believe, people think it's negative, I believe it's a golden opportunity. Because old things have been torn down and new opportunities are available and people are thinking about death like they never had before and end of life and is this all there is? And that's not all there is. Jesus is what there is. And the church has never had a greater opportunity in the Western world, in America, than we have today. And I'm looking for the day that we, that we can't pack them in here anymore. We've got to do multiple services and do all the stuff just to reach them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for creating your church. You're the one who said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Thank you that you made this in a way that you desire for your people to gather together. And God, we have all in this place experienced and are experiencing the glory, the goodness, the blessing of gathering together. And it's, it's, it's become the, the foundation of our lives. And so thank you for it. And we'd ask this, Lord Jesus every person in this place according to the truth of your word you have uniquely gifted and God I'm asking for a big ask here help us figure out where everybody fits and help everybody have a passion to be part because God it's so much easier just to do the status quo and just keep going way way we're going but but Lord there's there's some parts that aren't filled yet there's some things you want done that you're speaking to hearts about because you've given unique gift things and Lord God we pray this in this great opportunity this launch pad we have of evaluating everything because of COVID God help us to help each other to figure out where we fit be part of the whole and see Portview Church. And God, I pray for the other churches in our community that experience the same thing, that, that our church would be healthier, stronger, more vibrant than it's ever been before. We'd be more full of your presence by your spirit than we ever have before because we'd be yielded to you. We'd be more open to growing and changing with the friction of long-term relationship. We'd give up that right that just says, no one's going to tell me what to do. But you would tell us what to do. And you'd even use our brothers and sisters to tell us what to do. So God, I have to believe in some of these things. You've, 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 you've pricked each one of our hearts today. And I pray, God, when we walk out of this place, we'd go out loving your church more than we ever have, being more committed to your church than we ever have. Lord, being willing to sacrifice for your church more than we've ever been willing to. Be willing to invest into your church like never before because we see that it's divine and it's eternal. It's your plan to change the world. God, I pray we'd walk into this world. We'd tell people about the awesome church that we're at where we worship Jesus. We'd bring people so they would be able to catch 
what's going on when we're gathering in your presence. Lord, we want to see your church grow and thrive and become all that you want it to be. Not what we want it to be, what you want it to be. And I pray that you would just help each of us see what a vital part we are in that happening. Lord, for those in here who may be watching online, maybe in the building, who've never yet given their heart to you, help them feel in this moment, Lord, the reality of your Holy Spirit in a way they never have before. Right now, in the way they've never felt your presence before. That something inside of them right now is saying, this is for you, Jesus is for you. These gathered people are saying, this is for you. Their heart's racing, their palms are sweating, and they're saying, something's happening. That something, my friend, is the Spirit of God calling your name. you to say yes to him. He wants you to stop being your own God, stop walking your own way because he's got a better way. He's asking you to come to him. To say, Jesus, I need you. Take away all the junk of my life. Forgive me for all the garbage. I want a brand new start. Today, Jesus, I want to follow you. I don't even know what that all means, but I want to follow you. I want you to be God and you be Lord, and I don't want to be anymore. I want to follow you. I want to be part of your family. And say, Jesus, receive me today. Welcome me into your family. Friend, if you do that today, Jesus always says yes. 100% of the time, he says yes. When you say it, can I come into your family? So ask Jesus today to, to welcome you into his family. And then know this. When you do that, you're part of his family. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together this morning. I just want to pray a blessing over you as you leave today. I'd say this, if the Spirit of the Lord is pricking your heart about some of this stuff, you, want to, you need prayer. You want to pray about that. Spend some time with Jesus. Come and spend some time around the altars in the front. If you would need prayer this morning, myself and Suzanne, Pastor Paul, we're here. We want to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything this morning, don't be running off until you do business with God. When you feel dismissed by the Holy Spirit, just quietly make your way out of the sanctuary. Go hang out in the cafe, drink some coffee, give some hugs, ask first. Some people aren't there yet. They're still knuckleball. It's all right. It's still tough. But if you want prayer, spend some time in prayer today. Lord, bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. I'm so glad we're part of this thing.